This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. Welcome to a wet Sunday down here in London. I don't know what it's like where you are, but I suspect it's probably the same. Who cares? Who cares? We've got such good stories in the papers, provided you like babies. If you don't like babies, you're going to hate it this morning. You'll not be buying a newspaper because there's pages and pages and pages. Uh, David Beckham's 40th birthday party. I thought it was going to be all glamorous and really... Looks like they've spent diddly squat on it. There's a table with funny party hats on and one of those happy birthday banners strung across a tree at the back. God, it looks very low rent. Couldn't they get somebody to sponsor it? Why is television obsessed with a clapped-out old Tory battle axe? Step forward, Anne Whittacombe. Oh, baby. Baby name. Baby clothes. Mummy's clothes. And more baby. All this morning. Oh, and a boxer. Couldn't understand the boxing story at all. I can't get excited over boxing. Uh, when they said it's going to be uh, Floyd Merriweather and he's coming out and it's going to be big boxing, I thought we haven't had a big boxing match for ages. And people spent... Thousands of dollars. I mean thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Uh, looking at this match, people sort of signing on. Um, it, I mean, it's just absolutely amazing. Just absolutely amazing that people can spend this amount of money to watch a boxer that some of us have heard of and a boxer we've never heard of. But there again, cast your mind back to when Frank Bruno used to fight people. Frank Bruno, they used to go and dig them up from old people's homes. They'd wheel them out... And because it's such a it's such a controlled bit, it's a bit like the motor racing, you know, world world boxing. People have got all sorts of belts. There's a light welterweight belt, a middle welterweight, heavyweight belt, and you just and sometimes you think, but I've never even heard of these people. And the answer is nobody has. So they dig up somebody to come and, and fight somebody, and they offer them a huge purse because they've got to look at somebody who quite clearly is going to be beaten. There's no point in having somebody in there who's going to beat the person who is odds-on favourite to win the thing. So Frank Bruno fights all these dimwits throughout his entire career, and they go, oh, Frank Bruno's great, and then you suddenly realise that he can't string two words together, and then they do the big Vegas fight, and they put him up against Tyson. And they fly him over there, and it's razzmatazz, and the British fans are going crazy, and he gets knocked out in seconds. Why? Because Frank Bruno wasn't a great fighter. He was okay. They always pitted him against people who were pitifully awful anyway. As I say, some of them might have wheeled them in, in in wheelchairs. So he's up against Tyson. Tyson lays him out, flattens him. I forget how many seconds it was, but you could practically count them on one hand if he went, is that it? And the same for this uh, for this Floyd fight as well. What was it, 219 million pounds it generated. Dear God in heaven. I mean, that's that's why they do it. They do it because it, it generates a lot of money. Anyway, that uh, that to one side. So I'm quite glad it's finished. I don't really want to talk about boxing for the programme this morning. Uh, I was interested in so much as woman has baby. That's as far as it goes with me. It's very nice indeed. She's had one before. Obviously, she's uh, past master. So I'm sort of out early on Saturday. And the funny thing was, <laughs> you can always tell when journalists are really struggling. So... She goes in, I think, I'm watching the television at about a quarter to seven. And the BBC announces it. So they've got Charlie State and they've got some woman in Manchester. And, uh, and she goes, uh, Buckingham Palace have announced that the Duchess of Cambridge has gone into labour and she's gone into hospital. She's in the Lindo wing and she was in there, I think, at six o'clock this morning. Now, that's the only bit of the story they know. They don't have anything else. So Charlie State then picks up and repeats exactly what the girl has just said. It, word for word. Uh, Buckingham Palace, have, if you've just woken up, no, we've just listened to her. 
Now you're repeating it. Then they repeat it again. And to make it worse, they then go <laughs> to Nicholas Witchell, who isn't as well briefed as those in the studio, and repeats exactly the same thing. So you've now heard it three times. Nicholas Witchell screws it up big time and has to go back and say, well, the, um, this, uh, she, uh, she was, uh, I thought, yeah, we know, dear. We know. We know what time she went in. We've been told. They go back to the studio and there's Charlie State repeating it for the fourth time. Exactly the same thing. In the end, I nearly phoned up the duty officer to go, can you find somebody professional? You know, LBC handle it. Abs- I mean, I'm not saying that because I work at LBC. I am. It's a case of, you know, we just told you what the thing was. And Andrew Pearce said, and we'll be down there and we'll stay there until it happens. And then all we had to do was wait till she'd had her hair done so that she'd come outside, present a child who was sleeping. And uh, and then they go and collect George. And then George comes down and they put him on the pavement and he doesn't want to walk. Like, he doesn't cry, though, because he's, he's been, you know, he, he won't get his chocolate biscuit. And they've trained him well. And so then Daddy go, wave, wave, wave. And so George dutifully waves and everybody's happy. And and that's it until the next one. And I, was, I mean, it was fairly fast in the hospital. In, you will have this child. We're not standing here all day faffing around. Come on. Drink, drink the Guinness, eat the curry. And so uh, every single paper, it's, uh, it's baby picture. And, and the baby's asleep, which is lovely. That's what babies do. They have to clean them up, though, don't they, before they sort of get as far as the cameras. And then, of course, Kate had to have her makeup done and her hair done. And then, and then Will's had to sort of turn up with something. But they're, they're, they're past masters of it. You know, I wish them the best of luck. Ken Livingstone was miserable as sin about it. But there again, he would be. Nobody ever sort of congratulated him on the multitude of children that he's got. You know, nobody really bothered. Oh, Ken Livingstone's got another, what is it, five? Good God in heaven. He is the original four by four, ladies and gentlemen. So, you know, you've got lovely pictures of a baby, but it goes on too much. I'm sorry. I mean, I I'm not being mean about it, because I think it's always nice to have a new addition to the royal family. Harry is furious. Harry's furious. Not happy at all. You know why? He now slips further down the line. There is now not a cat in hell's chance of Harry ever becoming anything remotely near the throne. So he might as well become like Princess Margaret, you know, and just become somebody who just goes out and drinks and has parties, because there's, there's no point. They're not going to groom him for anything at all. There's another three in front. Well, put it this way, at the moment, you've got Charles, who's in front of him. Then you've got Wills. Then you've got George. And now you've got the new baby called Baby. So, I mean, Harry's going to be at 190. So he might as well start partying and just go out there and get drunk and drop his trousers in Vegas and just get on with it because it, it's, he's not going to amount to anything. And he's going to be very bitter, very bitter. He's going to thank his brother really, really hard on the back of the head. I should imagine, thanks so much for having another child. And this time it's a girl. And, of course, everybody out there, all the, uh, all the mad fans who sit out there wearing Union Jack clothing and everything else, jumping up and down. Perhaps they're on medication. I don't know. I've never seen... You know, it's a family you don't know. And they're getting excited about a baby being born. Most of these people will be dead by the time this kid's got to about 18. But she's a princess, and that's, that's quite exciting. I think that's quite exciting, but not to the extent the papers have done it, because you're going to be so bored by the end of today with hearing about baby and clothes and name and everything else. You're going to be ripping your own hair out. The more interesting conversation the other day was Petri talking about the grandmother who's about to be executed in Indonesia. And I was coming back from my brother. We'd had, oh, what a day. Yes. Oh, what a day. I can't begin to tell you how awful the day was. It started, I'll tell you this. It started off 
in the morning. When I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do is plug my phone in to give it a charge, which is, you know, because I, I don't want to leave it on all night charging, not for any health reasons or anything else. I just sort of, I just do it. So I put the charger in the bottom. It's an iPhone 6 Plus, of course it would be. And it doesn't, doesn't stay in there. And I'm thinking, what's the matter? I look at the end of it, like that. No, nothing at all. It wouldn't stay in. I thought, oh, no. And I'm down to about 52% of charge. And I'm thinking, oh, if I can't charge, perhaps, perhaps the charger's gone wrong. So I go to the car. I've got the charger in the car as well. Plug it in. It doesn't stay in there. I'm thinking, oh, it's ridiculous. I know. I've heard of something called a charging pad. Have you heard of charging pad? This is where you put your phone on. But uh, So I go to Amazon and I type in charging pad. They all come from China. I wouldn't buy anything electrical from China at all, not in a million years. They were really cheap, £2.99. I'm thinking, no, it comes from China. The deliver- delivery date was estimated, I think, May the 13th or something. Out of, pff, China. And we checked all of them. They were all China. So we're not, we weren't going to bother with those. Uh, so I get to my brother. So I explain this sort of problem. And he says, I know. Let's phone up Carphone Warehouse and see whether or not we could take it into one of their branches and they could perhaps repair it. So we phoned up Carphone Warehouse and admittedly the girl didn't know what what the problem was. And she said, well, if we have to send it away, it'll be £213. Well, we nearly fell off the end of the telephone. Are you sure? Yes, if we have to send it away. Bearing in mind, she didn't know what what the problem was because they hadn't seen it. So I said, £213? Well, God, blimey, it's far too expensive. Anyway, so we then phone up Apple. And uh, and we said to Apple, this is in Southampton, listen, uh, this is is the problem. And they said, well, listen, bring it in, show it to one of the people who will give it to one of our backroom boys. Uh, If they can repair it, they will let you know how long it'll be and you can go off and do some shopping and have some lunch. You know, sometimes it could be an hour, hour and a half. So I thought, well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. And so uh, all I kept thinking was £213. I mean, what can be wrong with it? I just can't charge it. And then we said, do Apple do a charging mat? No, Apple don't do a charging mat. So it's obviously not a, a legal thing to have, but they, it does charge through through the phone. So I'll tell you how we got on after this. This. There you go. That, that and babies at the moment. So back to the phone. So just to recap, get up in the morning, can't charge the phone. Thing doesn't stay. You could push the charger in, the little bit that, that goes into the bottom, but it doesn't stay and it falls out again. So I'm looking at it thinking, maybe there's a bit that's stuck in there, which is preventing it from clicking and going all the way in so uh, we then phone up car phone warehouse to be fair they didn't see the phone so they just said if we have to send it away it'll be 213 pounds which i think you know what do you do and they said oh we give you a spare phone well that's not my blooming use is it uh, admittedly i do keep all my iphones so it is possible for me to transfer then i thought you know i'm going to run out of charge today say something happens say christo falls sick please god and uh, you know something dreadful happens and i need to know about it nobody can contact me all very embarrassing so eventually we phone apple and that took ages to get through. But eventually the guy said, let's bring it in, have a word with one of the people. He'll show it to somebody in the back. They'll, they'll probably say about an hour to do it or whatever, depending on how busy they are. And we are a bit busy at the moment. But it's mainly people having instruction on, on things that they've bought. I shouldn't imagine you get too many repairs because I've never had anything go wrong with a phone at all that you can't solve without turning it on and off. So uh, we parked the car and there's a big, it might be called the Broadgate Centre in Southampton. It's huge. I think it's even bigger than Westfield, and think it's it's enormous, and it's escalators and floors and everything else. And so, we we sort of go in. We fi- find find the Apple store, and it's really busy. It's really busy. But there's a guy standing at the beginning, and he's 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 got like um, a clipboard thing. Obviously, people have booked appointments. Unfortunately for mine, it's a walk-in. You can't book an appointment for that. Well, you couldn't. He said it's an easy to do a walk-in. So. Um, 
I'm always a firm believer in the fact that if you start off with a big smile and go, hi, don't want to be dumb, but this is what's happening. And I, and, and I said, you know, the, the phone won't charge. We push the charger in, but it, it doesn't stay in there and we can't do anything. So we thought he would then direct us to one of the other people and then we'd get it looked at as... And he said, me have a look. And he gets out of his pocket a little... You know the little thing that you use for taking your SIM card out with? That little thing that looks... It's a tiny little bit of metal. And he says... You know what that is? I said, no. He said, pocket fluff. I said, pocket fluff? What's pocket fluff? He said, well, it's where you put the phone in your pocket and the dust that is in the bottom of your pocket gets into the little thing there. In my case, it was a bit of shortbread. So he he takes it out. He goes like that. And he goes, you know, I'll just try it. You push the thing and, of course, it starts charging. Well, I tell you, the feeling... We nearly sort of kissed him. And we sort of we just went... That is fantastic. And, of course, there's no charge for it. There's no charge, but it was charging. And uh, and I just went, that is fantastic. It saved us £213. So we went and blew it on peach liqueur and uh, pina colada stuff. There was a man selling, and he had different bottles, one shaped like a man, one shaped like a woman, one triangular, and he filled it from big flasks. So I got peach vodka, peach schnapps, I think it was. And uh, my brother got two or three different things to put on his bar, because he has a bar. And uh, that was all very exciting. But we were more excited about the fact that the phone now now charges. And all it was, pocket fluff. So if the next time you can't get the charger in, check. And it might not just be these phones. It could be any phones at all. It's the stuff you've got in the bottom of your pockets. Because if you think about it, I might have had a shortbread... You get the crumbs on your hand, you put your hand in your pocket, the crumbs fall to the bottom of the pocket, mixed with a bit of fluff, and then when the phone goes in there, because sometimes my phone does go in my pocket, it fills up the thing, and that's what it is. Pocket fluff, ladies and gentlemen. Pocket fluff. Now you know. Uh, Brian says, The village used for filming the Vicar of Dibley is Turville. This is the film that they used in Went the Day Well. And uh, it's just round the corner from Fingist, where Fern Britain was riding. Also used to film Mr Tom with John... Thor said, Fern is a close neighbour of mine. Isn't she lovely? In fact, actually, somebody just just sent me a, a text saying how lovely she is. I think they're both lovely. My brother, of course. Every time I sort of say I'm doing Fern, it reminds me of the time that my brother, who uh, was at the O2, he was at the O2, and what was it for? It was one of the dancing programmes. And, um, and um, my brother was sitting there, and across the other side of the, re- the arena um, is... He, he can see it's Catherine Jenkins with her boyfriend at the time. And so he says to his girlfriend, Marion, he says, um, do you want an ice cream? And he treks from his seat all the way to the other side of the arena to say hello to Catherine Jenkins. And what is his opening line to Catherine Jenkins? I'm Steve Allen's brother. And she says to him, she says, oh, I love Steve Allen. I love Steve Allen. So they had a little chat. He had a picture taken with her. And they trekked all the way back again. How embarrassing is that? How embarrassing is that? Uh, Nick is listening. Uh, at the moment, poolside from the beautiful Beyond Resort in uh, a place called uh, Kealak in Thailand. Come on, that looks a bit nice, doesn't it? A friend of mine... Jez has gone to Barcelona. Not as exciting, I have to say. Uh, Charlotte says it's called West Key. Thank you. I couldn't remember. I couldn't remember what it was called. It's huge, isn't it? Absolutely enormous. And uh, and Gareth says babies sleep. I wish that was true. Uh, mine's seven weeks old yesterday. He said, I think they sleep if you give them a bit of night nurse. 
Little bit of night nurse, and they're out for the count. <laughs> Little bit of gas, something like that. Uh, Buzz says, great interview with Fern Britain. Thank you very much indeed. And, uh, and a green jacket. Wet day ahead, but sunshine all the way um, on LBC. And then John says, I wish you'd do the show in, uh, in, uh, in Manx. Is that in Manchester, do you think? Yes, it, no, it must be Manchester. It must be, because he's in Salford. And, um, and Mary's going to a christening later which is lovely. And then Tim, because I, I did a picture of my car yesterday, tweeted, having having shown you the picture of the last car, and then did a picture of the new car, and people go, it's not bad for two and a half hours work a day, is it really? If only it was just two and a half hours a day. Today it's two. I'm not doing two and a half. Not for anybody. Uh, and it's bank holiday weekend. And that's something to look forward to. 84850, steve at So I pick up the sun yesterday. I've, I've got to do a couple of stories from yesterday's papers because they intrigued me. The front page of the sun was Carla quits Corrie. That was, out of all the stories in the entire world, that was the best they could come up with. Alison King is to quit the cobbles after playing Carla Connor for nine years. So? Actress quits job. <laughs> Who cares? And then and several Corrie stars have left in the past year. She broke the news to ITV chiefs and will go after her contract ends in December. Who cares? I seriously, I mean, I know that seems awful, and I do apologise to anybody who's a big fan of her. I mean, I've seen her in the programme. So, actress leaves programme. Why would that be of interest to anybody at all? Dreadful, dreadful. And then there was the uh, the dumbest father that we found. We, we found the dumbest father and the dumbest kebab shop owner. Uh, the dumbest father is uh, Jamie Griffiths. Jamie Griffiths goes into court. Uh, he's not charged. His son is. His son is called Jordan. Jamie and Jordan. And they go into prison, uh, they, they go into court because his son's up on a burglary charge. And uh, he started filming the court case on his iPhone because he's a bit thick. And, uh, and the judge says, what are you doing? Put the phone down. It is illegal to film in a court. He carries on. He carries on. So they put him in prison for three months. <laughs> Good for you, Jamie. Thicko. Unbelievable. Don't you know you can't film in a court? It's ridiculous to take photos in a court. You know, it's a serious offence. The message must go out. Well done, the judge there. First sensible thing we've heard from a judge for ages and ages. David Beckham's party. You see a couple of pictures in the paper today. I thought it was going to be an all singing, all dancing, huge celebrities, belly dancing, and they've spent a fortune. The pictures that have come back, a little round table with party hats on and a, a rather tacky banner saying birthday boy or something like that. Strong, and that's it, is it? Perhaps they've run out of money. Perhaps they've got no money left. And they've, so they've tweeted pictures, but you've seen a picture of the wife before. We've seen a picture of Brooklyn. You know, what we want to see is Harper Seven face down in a sherry trifle. That's what we want to see. Never going to get to see it, are we? Or failing that, you know, David Beckham, you know, at least looking happy or smiling. But we're not getting to see that either. It really looked low rent. I thought they were flying people out and it would be, you know, and here's the, all the prep because they, the, the family is so publicity desperate. They seriously are. David's now doing Instagrams. So, you know, and here's David lying in bed because it's an Instagram. And you think, do you just live for the camera? It's really sad. And anyway, the Bessie actually got the other day. Uh, Victoria tweeted a picture of a dress saying, what to wear in Marrakesh, vintage Yves Saint Laurent? <laughs> Who cares, love? Wear what you like. And then David posted an image of a whiskey decanter he's taking with the words beautifully handcrafted decanter from Hague Club for my birthday tomorrow. That's the company that pay him money to flog whiskey. So they've given him a decanter. How naff. I'd rather have whiskey. What do you want to decanter for? But apparently he's going to post photos from the party of the year. Well, if what we've seen so far is anything to go by, I've seen more exciting children's parties. 
However, we have found the dumbest pizza owner. And here he is. This is the man who is responsible for sending food to the fattest bloke in the country who's 65 stone. And so far from seeing that he's a complete idiot, this man goes, you know, I'm not a doctor, I'm a takeaway owner. So this man phones up and begs. He says begs. But they have the, the, the scrap of paper behind the counter. As opposed to saying his name, it just says fat man. How disrespectful is this man here? And uh, his name is Murdad Moebi. He sends £17 deliveries four or five times a week to Carl Thompson, who weighs 65 stone. He said, I'm just a kebab shop owner. No, you're not. You're a feeder. That's what you are. You're a feeder. You know, he said, I'm not a doctor. He's our best client. He just eats and eats. He's 65 stone, you stupid man. Ridiculous. Sometimes he orders more than usual. He loves the apple and blackberry crumble with custard. He orders two of those at a time. This man's proud of killing this bloke. He's proud. He says he's certainly our best customer. He wants everything with extra sugar, extra... And he's happily supplying it. I'm not a doctor. I'm just a kebab shop owner. He gets 470 quid a month in incapacity benefits, plus 200 in disability allowance. Much of it goes on this junk food and chocolate. He says sometimes he actually begs me to send the food. He says, I do what my boss says. Carl begs for the food. If it wasn't us, it would be somebody else. Oh, so you're happily taking the money and then watching him die, are you? I've never read such a stupid story in my entire life. As this bloke here, otherwise known as the fat man, just gets fatter and fatter. And then very soon you just better take a pin and go... And he'll go, bang! And the walls will be splattered with cheap takeaway food. It's really bad, isn't it? It's 6.30. On LBC... Morning, everybody. It's Steve Allen with a wet bank holiday Sunday. I'm so sorry. I wish I could give you a, a crumb of comfort and say that it's going to brighten up. All right, it's going to brighten up. There you go. You feel better about it already, don't you? It's going to brighten up and it's going to be nice and sunny. Actually, I think Monday's going to be better. And yes, I am here tomorrow, as per usual. Because it's election week, well, actually, it's been election few weeks, but because we're in the run-up to the general election, uh, it will pan out like this next week. I'm here Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, not here Friday. There's a special election programme starting at five o'clock in the morning with Nick Ferrari. So I'm not in on Friday, but I'm in on Saturday. So I'm in on Saturday between four and seven for early breakfast and then on Sunday as well between four and seven. And then we get back into normality. <laughs> I say normality. Who knows what is normal nowadays? Uh, Steve, everybody knows it's called West Key. A lot of people are saying, even though your iPhone was designed in California, it was most likely manufactured in China. Oh, I don't mind where it's manufactured. It doesn't bother me in the slightest. But, oh, you're talking about the electrical things. Yeah. But if you're buying an iPhone, I know that it's coming from a, from a company. But if I'm going on Amazon and I'm buying a charger, which is 289 to put something on, I wouldn't trust anything electrical in that price bracket from China. I should have emphasised it's the, it's the price bracket that puts me off. Uh, we will go through the Sunday papers because there are some stories. There's, there's not too many, I'm afraid. It's mainly, it's mainly uh, baby pictures. Because they're, they're very excited, as Andrew Pierce said yesterday. He said it's occurred at just the right time because they don't put the papers to bed till about nine o'clock. So they start printing first at nine o'clock. Uh, the Top Gear team has nearly been announced. We might be announcing that on the programme this morning. It's no big surprise. Well, one of them is no big surprise. So uh, here we go. Baby picture, baby picture, baby picture, baby picture. This is the sun. Baby picture, baby picture. Uh, picture of Queen. Always looks happy, doesn't she? And then nine months of jubilation, and here's all the outfits that Kate's been wearing. And, and somebody says here, it felt like Glastonbury and the proms all into one. Woman has baby. 
I'm not saying anything else. Uh, what else we got? Uh, we got... Um, I don't know who that is. I don't know who that is. Oh, Sam Smith has opened up for the first time about this vocal cord ailment. He's cancelled his Australian tour. He said, I will be back. Hope so as well. Uh, also, uh, Rio Ferdinand paid a moving tribute to his soulmate wife, Rebecca. She died from breast cancer. They kept that one fairly quiet. Fairly quiet. So that's in the uh, the paper today. They've, they've, they've just done an announcement and they've sort of said, you know, can we leave the family alone? And of course, people will respect that. Tony Parsons has gone right off Russell Brand, but then everybody's gone right off Russell Brand. You suddenly realise you're listening to the ramblings of an idiot. The ramblings of an idiot who's got no idea. And did I not predict on this very programme? The moment little Louis Tomlinson, the one who's not the brightest penny, goes off from a club with five girls in the back of sort of like a minibus kind of thing, and then he appears to be rolling up something that could be highly suspect, not for the first time. I did say then, one of them who took the picture is going to be selling the story. And here she is. She's in the paper today. This is 18-year-old student Kemi Lawrence, who went to his suite. She claims that during the drinking session, one girl had produced a bag of pink tablets. So Kemi, not the most attractive girl in the world, has decided to sell her story. Shame on you, Kemi. Shame on you. You're an embarrassment. You know, you, you won't ever be invited ever again because people who go don't trust her, wouldn't trust her with anything at all. Star took two fans to bedroom. Keep your mouth shut. It's private, dear. It's private. You know, the One Direction fans will be hating you. I'm hating you. Everybody's hating you. Bad news as well for the ex-Towie Nost, a little piece of work, that is Dan Osborne. Police were called to a new domestic row involving him. This came just weeks after the rat according to The Sun, who were the first ones to expose him, was axed from the show after threatening to stab his ex, Megan Tomlin. Police arrived at uh, the mum's home minutes after a heated argument erupted between her and Osborne, dad to her year-old son, Teddy. He's not pleasant, is he? He really is not pleasant. Nasty little piece of work. I'm glad they ditched him from Towie, and I hope your career disappears so fast. I really do. Not that I would call it a career. I do not... Subscribe to anybody who goes round. I mean, you know, even threatening to beat somebody up, I think, is bad enough. Threatening to stab somebody, I think, is possibly the lowest of the low. So I'm delighted that your career is collapsing, and I hope that everybody drops you and that you uh, you have to go out there and start doing something menial for a change, as opposed to being that nasty piece of work that we now know you to be. David Beckham's birthday party. God, it looks really bad. Seriously, does. I mean, it's... Uh, they, they say here that uh, a lavish Arabian-themed quarter-of-a-million-pound bash. Is this, they must be laughing their socks off. What? This cost a quarter of a million? And um, they've got a picture. It's got birthday strung across a bush with a table with some funny little children's hats on it. And this is it. That's the best they can get. Nobody's bothered dressing up. Brooklyn's wearing a, a rather ridiculous quiff. His father's wearing a hat. And this is... And this is, you know, so they're all there. Brooklyn, Romeo, Cruz and Harper, as I say, she'll, she'll be chucking the sherries back, I should imagine. And uh, magician David Blaine flew in to do, to, uh, flew in to do a show. And uh, Eva Longoria, Liv Tyler, Guy Ritchie, Claudia Winkleman, Mel C and Emma Bunton. Well, I mean, Emma Bunton, we can forgive anything for. But God knows what they were doing there. And apparently, uh, Gordon Ramsay personally donned his apron to supervise a team of world-class chefs. Yeah, right. It'll just be people who work in the hotel. What are they cooking? Two sheep. Well, for this motley collection, very sad, very sad. I'm hoping to see something a little bit better than this, because at the moment it's not looking good at all. Fifty Shades of Grey author E.L. James romps into the Sunday Times Rich list. 
75 million in four years. I can write that book. I could do that. I could do something like that. That would be quite an easy thing to do. Is Louise Mensch still in this country? Wasn't she going to America ages ago? And she's still here, is she? They go tough, outspoken and sharp. No, no, no. That's Katie Hopkins. Louise Mensch is... Not very exciting at all. Did I hear something? Did I hear a rumour about uh, Katie Hopkins the other day? Did I? Did I? You'll have to wait. You'll have to wait. And Ruth Rendell. Now, I'm pretty certain that Ruth Rendell appeared on In Conversation. In fact, I'm 99% certain she did, because we were talking about Wexford and where, where Wexford came from in her imagination. And she also wrote under another name, didn't she? Somebody Vine, I think, too. And then the big row this week. Now, here was the odd thing for me. This is um, the row over this, are you beach body ready? Now, I didn't see this as a problem. Perhaps I was coming at it from a different angle. But every time I heard people talking about it, and I think Petri was talking about it on her programme yesterday, and I think Andrew Pierce started talking about it, because I'd mentioned it the day before, because what it involved was a couple of NAF models who got paid a couple of grand each and a few other people to publicise something that uh, I wasn't in favour of. Because when it said, are you beach body ready, and it's got a picture of a woman in a bikini, people started complaining about it. Because they were complaining, I think, I might have got this wrong, about the image of somebody on a beach. But then you might as well complain about swimsuit adverts and makeup ads. Why is it all the attractive ones? Where are the fat birds? That's what I want to know. Where are they? The answer is, they don't want to use you. You're fat. Okay, it's as simple as that. But I saw this mainly. I didn't see this as being, are you beach body ready? I just saw it as some bloke flogging something quite strange that I've never heard of before to make you think that if you take this supplement, you're going to look like this, which you're not. And that's what it is. I mean, the girl here who slipped into her bikini, she's, she was just... She was accused of body shaming. All she did, she just got paid for a gig. They sent her along there... And she put a yellow bikini on and they photographed her. Are you beach body ready? She's never taken this supplement here. But then people started writing in as if it was as if it was an orchestrated campaign. I am not anorexic. The hate ham- campaign hurts me. She said it. And then Louise Mensch says it's not model that's bad. It's implication. No, the implication is that if you take this stuff, you're going to end up with a body like that. Which, of course, is the baloney, as far as I'm concerned. Because, you know, so what do you think? All right, so you're, you're a fat woman listening at the moment. And they go, and I'm assuming it's only aimed at men, which means that obviously proteins work differently. Which, as far as I'm concerned, they don't. But anyway, so you take this stuff and eventually you end up with a curvy body like this. Which is balderdash. It's absolute rubbish. You will not end up with a body like this. Because to end up with a body like this, as I've said before, there are models out there. Go to a model agency and you go, we're launching a, a, new, a new set of diamond rings from De Beers. And they go, OK, right, these are our hand models. Now, the hand models might look like the back of a bus, but they've got, they've got perfect hands, beautiful nails and everything else. Not the old cheap people you see on the jewellery channels. Have you seen some of the people? God, dear. I had to watch that over the weekend because I was up early. And that's where they get excited over tanzanite. Apparently, it's so rare. It's rarer than hen's teeth, and yet they've got a glut of this cheap stuff. They've got it everywhere. £20,000 down to 129 There was some poor bloke on there. I'm assuming he was on batteries because he was jumping up and down and getting really excited over tat. Over tat. You want to go and buy jewellery? Go to a jewellery shop. You know, don't believe these things about their auctions and everything else. All they do is they put up a fake price and then some over-made-up bimbo sits there and tries to convince you that it's the best thing that you've ever bought. It really isn't. I promise you it isn't. So in the same way that this model turns up for a gig, if you lose weight, do you seriously think that your body goes to this if you keep taking a supplement? Of course it doesn't. 
This is exercise, but some people have got naturally thin bodies. That's why they're chosen for these modelling jobs. You know, she wasn't fat and then she took this and ended up looking like that. That's, that's lies. That would be lies. She's not anorexic either. She just happens to be a thin model. But, they, but the implication is they want you to think that if you take this supplement and the bloke has banked a million because, you know, most of you are so dumb that you have to go out and buy something because you think there's an easy way to lose weight. You seriously believe if you take this supplement, you're going to end up with a body like this and go onto the beach? Of course you're not going to be so ridiculous. You can't be that stupid. But quite clearly, there must be people in the country who are that stupid who buy into the fact that you take something and then your body magically acquires a shape. Well, it doesn't. I'm sorry to break it to you, but you've wasted your money. You will not end up with a body that looks anything like her. She's a model who is paid to wear swimsuits. That's what she does. As I say, you go to the modelling agency. I'm looking for somebody to do, you know, model earrings. So they've got an ear model. Everybody's different. They've all got different features. You know, somebody will have foot models. Your feet have got to be perfect. You can't have somebody with broken toenails and sort of bent toes. And Oh, God, no. They're looking for perfection. So when you're advertising a supplement and you're going, do you want to look this good on the beach? Of course people do. If you're fat, you want to lose weight. Don't believe all these fat people who go, I'm quite happy being fat, because they're not. They're not happy being fat. Given the choice, wave the magic. Why do you think he's made a million pounds? There's obviously that many people in the country want to buy into this ridiculous idea. We've had it over the years, the F-Plan diet, the grapefruit diet, the, you know, the, this diet and that diet. Take the Cambridge diet, take this, you'll all end, end up with perfect bodies. You won't, because if diets worked, there'd be just one. 14 minutes to seven. This is Steve Allen on LBC. It's so funny, there's so many sick people out there. That there's one I've just discovered, actually. I talked to uh, Kit Harrington the other day from Game of Thrones, and he's in the new film Spooks as well. And he plays the character Jon Snow. Do you know that somebody's taken the name Jon Snow on Twitter and put down at Lord Snow, Lord Commander of the Night Watch, and then he's had to put underneath, lest they, uh, they sue him, although he's using official pictures, not affiliated with Game of Thrones. So he's nothing to do with it. He's, he's, he's a loony. But he's got 178,000 followers for a mad person, but uh, he needs to be very careful because, uh, A, he's, he's not verified because he's not the real person. Secondly, he's using uh, uh, pictures which, which are copyrighted. And the moment you use pictures which are copyrighted, that's when they get you. So uh, there'll be the knock on the door shortly. Uh, looking through the, uh, the paper, trying to find some other angle on a baby being born, and there aren't anything, there isn't anything really apart from the usual bunch of people tweeting about, you know, how marvellous it is. So who are the, uh, who are the names in the frames? Yes, Cheryl fernandez Vecini Spag Bowl. As prayers, uh, congratulations. William and Kit, so excited to see our new little princess. <laughs> I know, dear, it's so sweet of you to make an effort. Uh, also, Rebecca Adlington. Uh, also, Eamon Holmes. God, he'll jump onto anybody's bandwagon, won't he, really? And uh, also, David Cam. Oh, he's in good company then. David Cameron, Nick Clegg. They've all done it. Um, and, uh, and the Prime Minister says, congratulations on the birth of the baby girl. I'm absolutely delighted. And then Justin Welby did it and all the rest of it. I must do it as well. I want to be in the same company, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the McCanns are back in the paper. Apparently, it's... Uh, is it eight years now, they've said? And uh, the campaign hots up. Still nowhere nearer. Still nothing at all. Now they're looking at break-ins and stuff. Like, I mean, you'd have thought they'd have done this years ago, wouldn't you? They should have explored every opportunity. Eight years down the line, you seriously think you're going to find anything? I don't think so. They've been over there. They've taken dogs out. They've, they've taken specialist forensic... Nothing. Nothing. Not a thing. Not a thing. And we're still pumping £10 million into it. It's just, it's just ridiculous. So now they're probing 
28 break-ins in the Prior de Luche area in the, the year around 2007. Uh, 18 break-ins at bedrooms of young, mostly British girls. What, now they're doing it? Should they not have done that at the time? The development is revealed by the authors. Oh, in a new edition of the book, Looking for Madeleine. Oh, God, there's a book out now as well. Looking for Madeleine. I mean, how many pages can that run to? Madeleine's mum says she's more driven than ever to keep on searching. Well, of course they are. Of course they are. But, I mean, I think, kind of, it's running out, isn't it? I mean, what do we do for the rest of our lives? We just keep looking for this girl, pumping millions upon millions upon millions of of pounds into it. Mind you, at least the uh, McCanns can add their little bit now, because they've got 350,000 quid, which they got in the libel trial. Greville Janner. The more I read about Greville Janner, the more I'm not happy. He was a company director days before he was spared prosecution over child abuse allegations because of dementia. A property firm listed him as a boss until he stepped down. Six days later, the Crown Prosecution Service ruled that he wasn't fit to stand trial. Alison Saunders, as you know, has sparked outrage when she said his dementia meant he wouldn't understand what was said. Does that really make a difference now? But anyway, he, he, he did, up until 2013, top the list of directors who served the company. He gave his uh, occupation as working peer, writer, lecturer. The firm managed uh, eight flats. Oh, including the firm that he transferred to his children in March 2014 when he had dementia. As we pointed out before, I don't think that's legal. Police raided the offices. A separate inquiry will look at claims he abused victims in Leicestershire, which he denies. His daughter said the family had no comment, because they've always said no comment. They've always said we don't believe a word of it. In the same way that you'll find Rolf Harris's daughter in the paper today. And she's saying her father's innocent and this and that. Although I believe another file, and uh, Rolf Harris, we believe it was Rolf Harris, has just been interviewed by police again with another file of people who've, uh, who've come forward. Jimmy Savile, post-Savile, the cases have soared. More than 100 people a week are estimated to be telling police they were abused in their youth. Child protection experts say the rise was due to the Savile effect. Wow. It's unbelievable, isn't it, really, that you've got more than 100 people a week. I mean, as if the police didn't have enough things to do without 100 people, not all of whom will be genuine. Not all of whom will be genuine. Here's uh, more pictures of trending it like Beckham. Is is that vintage clothing you're wearing, Vic? I don't think it is. But it's really... They've got those things which you know you put on a birthday table, you get a little pack of them, and it's little stars and things like that, and you sprinkle them round the plates. It's so nice. I mean, I don't want to be rude about it, but by God, it's so, so chavvy. And uh, and so far, we, we, we can see that, you know, if this is... Mar- I mean, to be honest with you, this picture could have been taken in their back garden. There's nothing exotic about it at all. And that's the best they can... Ma- he look, he does look like Billy Nomates. I feel a bit sorry, really. Unless they have... S- he's wearing sandals. Oh, God, and a white linen top, ladies and gentlemen. How awful is that? Uh, the coach of Britain's Got Talent winner Spellbound has been arrested on suspicion of cruelty to young gymnasts. Um, you do know that if you're going to be a gymnast, it's blooming hard work. It's very, very hard work. They push you, they pummel you. I've never been a gymnast, but I've seen the way that they did it for the American gymnast. I remember Nadia Comaneci some years ago, and they filmed her when she was a child working up to the Olympics, and it just looked exhausting. From the age of about seven, they throw them up in the air, they throw them down, they've got to do, you know, the jumping, the running, the swinging on the ropes, everything to build up their, their strength. And it's relentless. And so this this man here allegedly mistreated kids as young as nine over five years. And so they've uh, they've sort of sent a file off. So we'll have to watch uh, watch that one. It's difficult, though, if kids want to do this kind of thing. There's no room for sloppiness. 
There's no room at all. You've, it's, you've, you've got to be, out of all of the things, out of all of the disciplines, that's the one you've got to be the most disciplined over. Uh, Charlie Catchpole today, talking about Aldi and Christian Truesdale. This is uh, the boy who walked home with Bob Malloy. And uh, 250,000 people shared the picture of this young man walking this elderly man home who was in his 90s because he, didn't, he wanted to make sure he got home. It was quite sweet. It was a nice thing to do. Uh, even though Christian Truesdale worked for Aldi, the bag he was holding was Iceland. Iceland, of course, absolutely delighted by it. Uh, also, uh, John Fashnu has been brand... You remember the story that appeared on the front of the papers, I think about a couple of weeks ago? He's been branding a ranting woman by the wife he accuses of trying to kill him. Uh, the rave reviews for Take That, even though they're now down to uh, a little trio... And uh, Baby Machine Mum demands £2,600 cesarean operation. This is the woman who's had, I think, her 12th child. She says she's too posh to push. I don't know, really. I mean, I don't know why we bother with people like that. I feel sorry for the family. They all look OK. But, you know, to be honest with you, she's existing on a life of benefits. And uh, that can't be good for anybody, can it? Cannot be good for anybody. Oh, look, more, more baby pictures. I'm trying to avoid baby pictures today because we know what a baby looks like. It's lovely. Uh, and um, what else do we have? A lot of people talking about this poor old, um, this poor show hosted by Holly Willoughby, which they say is a total disaster. I believe it's got uh, Christine Bleakley on it, who's in the papers today, trying to flog a dreary programme about Ireland. You see, I can understand a programme about Ireland, but we've seen them before. And also, does it have to be an Irish presenter to tell you about Ireland? You know, because it really is bad, I'm afraid. Very bad. And then uh, BBC One has got celebrities literally shoveling Anne Widdicombe experiencing life as a, a Victorian street cleaner. Uh, one of the other papers uh, picks up on Anne Widdicombe and says, why is anybody remotely interested in this old has-been? They keep putting her on programme. She's neither funny nor interesting nor witty. Why do they keep using her? Everybody quite clearly hates her. But uh, I, th I always thought she was used as some sort of foil. I thought they, they used her because they used to laugh at the little fat woman. You know, she wasn't much cop on the dancing programme, but it gave her a little bit of a career appearing in pantomime. You know, you'd think, you know, if you've been a Tory battle axe, and she was a Tory battle axe, that she could have continued doing something. But no, she does just low-rent shows now. And she does low-rent shows, and you feel a bit sorry for her. Because, you know, she is the short little fat woman who... who I remember the, they did a programme once. What was it? It might have been Celebrity Fit Club or Fat Club or something. And they wanted her to put a T-shirt on. Well, you can imagine, can't you? I mean, that was about as much material as they had in the entire world. And, uh, Anne, would you like to put this on? No, I won't. And then Louis Theroux did that classic programme where he went round to a house because they were sort of... They were trying to make her out to be human. It just turned out to be the short little fat woman who was sort of quite good at one time, but then, then she sort of turned into like a third-rate Z-list celebrity. So she didn't really do that well. She couldn't dance for Toffee. She just became the joke. And yet, really, she doesn't actually have a sense of humour. Doesn't really have any teeth, either, last time I saw her on the television. So they've now dressed her up as this sort of Victorian street cleaner kind of thing. And again, she's sort of... She's just being a bit dreary on it. And you think to yourself, why do people keep using it? Perhaps she works cheap. I don't know. I can't think of any other reason. But they've got a right odd selection of people. I felt very sorry for some poor bloke who goes to one of these... Um, I, must, I must get the name of the place right. It's in um, a place where you go to get... Oh, it's a zoo, but they've got sea lions. You can meet a sea lion. Well, I don't know if you're ever aware of sea lions and you're aware of how dangerous they are. I mean, leopard seals, for example, 
kill everything. I mean, these things are like Exocet machines. This sea lion here, um, it was it was a fun swim. You know, it, he was in a wheelchair. You can have a fun swim. It took a chunk out of his leg. It went for him big time. Now we've had it, haven't we? Have we had Sea World? where killer whales have drowned their keepers. Quite clearly, they get to that point where you've pushed them as far as you can and no more. And the sea lion obviously had had enough for that particular day and took a huge chunk out of his leg. They've got a photo of it in the paper. I mean, I would, you want to see the teeth on these things. Whoa, quite scary, quite scary. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk for this bank holiday Sunday. We love a bank holiday. Uh, baby clothes, mummy's clothes, mummy's clothes over the years, baby pictures. That's what the papers are full of today. Tributes to the crime writer Ruth Rendell. Uh, the former child actor filmed with a meth pipe. I don't know why they go down this route. Uh, more, more baby stuff. Uh, also, the account of how, and I started telling you because Petri was talking about it the other day, the drug-smuggling grandmother. I'm not going to wear a blindfold. I shall stare them in the eye. They're going to shoot you. We know that. It's LBC. This is LBC, leading Britain's conversation with Steve Allen. Tweet at LBC. Text 84850. Steve Allen on LBC. Morning, everybody. So the fight of the decade or the week or whatever it happened to be is over. Lots of money's been made. I would think if I were a fan, I'd be cheated by the whole thing. So they bring out Floyd Merriweather Jr. and uh, fight him against somebody nobody's ever heard of before. Perhaps there's an old people's home around there where they go, what were you, retired fighter? Oh, you'll do. Bring them out there and then, you know, they make a lot of money and the hype and people logging on to pay-per-view. They made a fortune, about £219 million. The tributes to the crime writer Ruth Rendell flood in. I'm convinced we did her for Loose Women. And it was only, uh, I'm sure, a short time ago. The Top Gear team nearly announced David Beckham's birthday. It better look a bit better than this. At the moment, I've seen better children's parties. And uh, Andrea McLean's in love again. How dreary. All of that and more. It's amazing how many of you seem to watch the... Uh, Watch the, the boxing. I don't know why. I mean, it's just sort of over a little bit quickly. And um, lots of people say, you know, he must have got hit hard to believe he actually won the fight. But he'll be going off to church, won't he? And uh, Mayweather's monstrous ego and love of Dosh will ensure he won't stop after 49 wins. Even Piers Morgan tweeted and said, people can loathe Mayweather all they like, but nobody's beaten him, and I doubt they will. He's a brilliant boxer. Well, exactly, that's why they bring people out who just don't seem to be up to the right standard, do they? I don't think so. Uh, also here, uh, da, 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 Mary says, uh, Steve Allen Show, uh, Victorian Battle Axe now is our Anne. But the trouble is, she's, she's just not fun. Anne Widdicombe. You never go, oh, Anne Widdicombe. She's hilarious, isn't she? No, it doesn't work like that at all. I hope you're well and you've got all you need at the garden centre, says Noreen. Was that your car back or a new one on Twitter? It's the car back, thank goodness. And she's very happy. She has something to cheer the country up with a girl which is good news for everybody. There is like an overkill in the in the papers today. But interestingly enough, Petri was talking, and it, it luckily kept me for my journey. Unfortunately, it was only in the last 15 minutes. She was talking about this woman who's going to be executed uh, because she was a convicted drug smuggler. And I found it quite interesting because I'd said before on the programme, listen, if you go through a country that you know has the death penalty for drug smuggling and you've got not, you know, if it was 20 or 30 quid's worth, it was for personal use, I could understand it. I could even forgive because I'm not I'm not particularly bothered about somebody who wants to take drugs themselves. I mean, that's their business. This woman had one point six million pounds worth 
£1.6 million worth. And if you heard some of the people who were phoning into Petri, one woman who practically had lost her family through drugs, through, you know, the action of people like this woman. So the conclusion that most people seem to come to, and I was a little bit surprised, only a little bit, not, not too much, was the fact that they couldn't care less about her. They can execute her whenever they like. They've done eight people already because they're sending out a clear message. They have the death penalty. They will carry it out. Whether you sit there, you know, and this woman went through the courts. I mean, some man was talking to her saying, oh, she can sue the British government. She has no right to sue anybody at all. She claimed that she'd been coerced into doing it. And as Petrie said, and I nearly stood up and cheered and got my head through the roof of the car, but I didn't. Petri said, if I'd been coerced, the first place I would go to, the police. I would be straight down the police station. I'd be in there saying, this person has threatened me and let the police take it from there. You know, nobody coerces you into taking £1.6 million and she's paid the price. What they could do is to prove that she was coerced. And I only thought about this afterwards, is that if the people who did threaten her come forward or write a letter to the people they're saying, we did threaten her. We did threaten, all right, we've accepted the fact we've lost £1.6 million worth, but we did do that. Then that might be mitigating circumstances. But as far as I'm concerned, they're going to shoot her. And, you know, that's, that's the price you pay. T- terrible though it is. That is the price you pay when you sort of, you take, you know, that much drugs in a suitcase through, you know, a country that has zero tolerance. And they shoot. They don't, you know, there was no, I didn't feel any, any sympathy. I listened to some woman breaking down talking to Petri, saying that, you know, she didn't have any sympathy for her whatsoever. And Petri didn't have any sympathy. She's been found guilty. They've been through a long process to try and establish. And she smuggled drugs. It's as simple as that. It's as simple as that. You know, even her son apparently has said that, no, we weren't coerced at all. There's nothing like that. I mean, and obviously you're going to say anything to save your life, aren't you? If it comes to push and shove and somebody says, right, well, you know, did you do it? Uh, yes. You're not going to say that because that, that guarantees, that guarantees they're going to execute. In the case of her, they've gone as far as they can. It doesn't matter whether she's a grandmother. I couldn't care less whether she's a grandmother, whether she's 90 or whether she's 17. It makes no difference. She's a convicted drug smuggler. And in that particular, over here, of course, they'd give you a council house and a free holiday every year. Over in uh, Indonesia, they uh, they kill people. It's as simple as that. Kevin O'Sullivan talking about uh, television. And again, talking about 24 hours in the past, which kind of summed it up, really. It's, um, it's a mission that wasn't accomplished from the moment we heard the dreadful words Anne and Widdicombe. Uh, Kevin says, why is the television industry so obsessed with this clapped-out Tory battle axe? Charm, likability, warmth, she lacks them all. Hence, nobody likes her. And they're all on there. It's a, it's a real bunch of, uh, of sort of odd people. You know, Miss Widdicombe, Celebrity Fit Club, Strictly. You know, half-heartedly beating a car. But she never puts any effort into anything. She just assumes that she's sort of superior to everybody else. And then they had Tiger Drew Honey. I think we've seen quite enough of him, thank you very much indeed. And, uh, and then you've got Makita Oliver. I mean, your heart drops, doesn't it? Makita Oliver. Claim to fame... Oh, that's a toughie, isn't it, for most people? And... Um, and then he talks about EastEnders, and he talks about uh, Phil uh, Phil Schofield, now hosting almost as many ITV shows as Phil Schofield. Amanda Holden was thrilled by footage of her Britain's Got Talent boss, Simon Cowell, sighing, I'm literally losing the will to live. Amanda says, he says it every week now. So do the viewers. So do the viewers. <laughs> I do like it. I do like Anne Whittacombe. I really... Oh, that's interesting. This is this uh, village. I think it's, uh, it's Uptown. Is it Uptown? Uptown, 
where they do the um, that walking up the hill with the Hovis stuff. I thought that was quite good. I quite like that idea. I like I like villages that they use uh, as sets because then you can go and visit them, can't you? I think that's a nice thing to do. Uh, but it is in all the Sunday papers today. It's it's photographs and analysis of a baby, of a baby. Uh, also, the girl who sold the story on uh, on Louis Tomlinson. Really, I mean, honestly, what a disgrace. Is that a tattoo round your neck? Difficult to tell nowadays. There's some different bits of of, uh, of jewellery that people stick round themselves. And if I see another person... We went, what did I go to yesterday? Portswood, I think. And, oh, my God, that's an area you don't want to go to. Makes Hounslow look fairly civilised. And we all know if you've been to Hounslow, there's nothing civilised about Hounslow at all. Lovely picture of uh, Chantelle Houghton. Who? I know. Whoever she is. Apparently, she's dropped three dress sizes. Uh-oh, DVD alert. DVD alert, Chantelle, the faded old has-been Houghton. DVD alert. Apparently she was on a beach in Mallorca. So in other words, now they're going to be doing, getting her ready for her interviews. So they'll, they'll all put her on, won't they? They'll all put her on. Actually, the funny thing is, somebody said, if this, uh, if this diet model, who's in the papers and everybody's got into uproar and it's made him a million, why don't they send it to that fat bloke in the paper who's 65 stone? That'd be a good thing, wouldn't it? Or failing that, the, uh, the other girl who's vastly overweight, you could send it to her too. And see if it works. Of course it won't. But it's, uh, it's very interesting to try it. I was trying to find the names of the new Top Gear presenters. The only reason I mention it to you, and it's not a, it's not a spoiler alert, because I don't think it makes any difference at all, if they decide to bring the programme back, and if they decide to, uh, to put the, these particular presenters on there, I, I don't think it'll be... Jodie Kidd is one of them. Jodie Kidd is one. Uh, also, Philip Glenister, I think, is the other one. And we like Philip Glenister. We like him a lot. Then we found the former child actor filmed with a meth pipe. This is a guy called Warren Jackson. He played young Nick Tilsey, uh, Tilsley in Coronation Street. And, uh, and now he's, uh, he's obviously battling sort of drug... T- what, what takes these people... Honestly, if you're not earning any money, how on earth can you afford to do drugs? I really don't understand it at all. I'm so glad, even though I've got a very addictive personality, that I never, ever got anywhere near drugs. I do prescription drugs, sure, but I wouldn't do anything else. I'm far too mean to spend money. Uh, Childline founder Esther Ranson blasted an alleged government bid to remove child sex assault claims from a report into a boarding school abuse. Uh, Government officials, she says, tried to remove 155 sex assault claims by pupils to Childline from an official dossier. Amazing, really, isn't it? I mean, if there's 100 people a week going to see the police because they were abused as children... You know, I mean, this, this, I mean, is, does this take place in every country around the world? Is it, is it that, is it that immense? Is it that immense that I've just been sort of, you know, perhaps not, not sort of thinking about things like that? Uh, the woman in mourning, Winchmer Home, the 55 stone woman, this is Georgia Davis, once Britain's fattest teenager, had dropped to 18 stone, but then she went back on cakes after the death of her stepfather. She'd been eating well doing salads. No, she hadn't. Load of old codswallop, honestly. Really, I'm so bored with these people. Any old excuse. Any old excuse. A lot of people talking about Poppy Smart in the papers, but even I'm bored with talking about Poppy Smart. Most of them saying, you better man up, dear. Listen, if you've had waxing, that's far more painful than somebody whistling from a building site. And they all seem to say, you know, she says, maybe what Poppy experienced, and she looks a bit tragic, uh, was sexist. But sexist is a big word to describe such a maggot of a man. There have always been men like Merritt who look in the mirror and see Brad Pitt when it's Mr Bean looking back. And it's not frightening, it's funny. His gigantic ego could have been pricked by Poppy 
Instead, all the publicity he's had will just have inflated his ego. Yeah, I mean, she handled it so badly. So, so badly. A bit like Andrew McLean droning on about, you know, I'm in love again. I mean, to be honest with you, it's very sweet. But I suspect the fake Andrew McLean that we watch on Loose Women is not the Andrew McLean with her new man. This is man number... Well, I've lost track of them at the moment. Lost track of them. And um, and I will find... I will find the complete lineup for Top Gear. And I will find you a story that's going to have you going, you are kidding, of course. Quarter past seven. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. 7.20 is the time. Stig will be along at eight this morning with Brecky. I know he's in already. Alexander Bemange has written a, a song... For those people thinking of voting, and uh, he said, you know, on which party should you vote? The choice is very confusing, so he's composed a number that will help you. I think you can find it on his website, which is, uh, which is, wait a minute, I've lost it now. That's right, uh, Bermange, B-E-R-M-A-N-G-E dot co dot UK. Uh, we've known uh, uh, Alexander Bermange for years, since he was a, a child, uh, and he's worked with Andrew Lloyd Webber. He's a composer. Working his way up, he's slogging away, and he's had uh, he's had a lot of success, a lot of success so far. Uh, Steve, the um, the downside about the line of succession is if Charles dies before the Queen, Andrew will be next in line to the throne. Then it'll be Beatrice and Eugenie. It'll never happen, Phil. Never ever happen. There's no chance of Beatrice ever making it anywhere near there. I mean, hopefully they're going to stay in America with their with their charming mother. Uh, 84850. Steve says, Carphone Warehouse are known to put a big markup on repairs. There's a cheaper and better service elsewhere if you shop around. Luckily, it didn't need to get as far as that. And because of what we described to them down the phone, until they, they'd seen it, they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have known what's the, uh, what's the matter. Very beautiful, says Noreen Turville in Buckinghamshire. I've got to go there. I must go there. I keep I keep meaning to do it. There's loads of places I want to go to. I want to, I've been invited on numerous occasions to go to places that I've talked about on the programme. I just never get round to it. For example, just down the road from me, I well, sort of just down the road, about uh, 20 minutes away, uh, there used to be a, a big country park. And in the country park was a big house. And uh, there's a little church in the grounds, but there's no country house. The country house is gone. But what remains? Tunnels. Tunnels that were under the house, only accessed via big metal doors, which are set into the park ground. It's run, I think, by Hounslow Council. And years ago, I was talking about it. And uh, somebody at the council wrote and said, listen, I can take you down to the tunnels if you want to see them. And it, it just never happened. I can't remember why it didn't happen. But I remember thinking at the time, brilliant, brilliant idea. I must, I must try and get to do it before I become totally infirm. Uh, the BBC picks their Top Gear team. They say, well, this is their, their top choices. Philip Glenister, lovely man. Uh, Jodie Kidd and uh, quirky Channel 4 presenter Guy Martin. He's a bit off the wall, isn't he? We've, we've discussed Guy Martin before because I wasn't aware of him. And yet, once you reminded me, I then remembered uh, where I'd seen him. He, he put a, a boat together or a, a barge, I think, or something like that. And so he, he could be the quirky... Pre- which one would he be out of all the quirky presenters? Probably James May, I should imagine. Uh, James Say... Uh, I think Anne Whittacombe is wreaking her revenge on an ungrateful nation. She thought she'd be in the Lords by now, but Dave can't stand her, so no ermine for her. I just hope she gives her appearance fees to charity. She's deeply religious, after all. Oh, no, I think she's moved, hasn't she? I think she's down in Devon, I think, or something like that. I think she decided to move out of her little house that she had in London. And you're right, actually, she's never made it to the House of Lords. I never thought about that. Never thought about that at all. And, um... 84850, oh, Steve, I agree, Lee, with you. I agree with you. I won't read it out because, uh, because well, I just won't. But you, you know that I would agree with you. 
uh, as I'm also slightly disturbed about some of Anne Widdy Widdicombe's views and the sort of people she hangs around with. Perhaps she just likes the attention. I don't know. Uh, sad to learn, says Jeff, that Ruth Rendell passed away at 85. She wrote under the pen name of Barbara Vine. I enjoyed her in Spectre Wexford. I'm totally convinced that when she came in to talk to me, that's what we talked about. Because I've never read any of these books. I'm not very good with crime. I'm not very good with things like that at all. And uh, Martin says, uh, if you've ever been to Langham's Brasserie and tried the spinach souffle with anchovy and parmesan sauce. Oh, God, I can't bear. I can't bear anchovies, I'm afraid. He says, uh, my wife, Michelle, replicated it perfectly last night, followed by roast duck. Oh, that sounds quite nice. Not crispy duck. You mean just roast ducks. It's very fatty duck. I had um, Thai green curry yesterday and then promptly stood up, having eaten most of it, uh, tripped and threw it all over the carpet. So I then had to get the, the vacuum cleaner out again. Uh, Kate says, I predicted the royal baby would be a girl. They're going to call her Chanel. She thinks, what do you mean? I think that Diana's got to be incorporated somewhere in there. I mean, I'm not, I'm not fussed either way. I just think that Diana will be in there as something. Do you not think so? Mind you, I mean, will that annoy their father, Charles? I don't know. It's all, it's all protocol. It's all, it's all got to go through the, got to go through the due process. I'm sure they've sat down with a load of names, but at the moment it's just called baby. Okay. Uh, Tony says, cheers, Steve. Great tip for charging problems on the phone. I can't believe it was so simple. Great service and all for free. He says, never again will I get an extended warranty on anything. I shall just stay tuned. Oh, you can guarantee that we can all sort out your problems. In fact, the funny thing is that if you have a problem with anything now, type it in on Google and the chances are somebody has had a similar problem. When I talked about pocket fluff earlier on, which meant that I couldn't charge my iPhone up, I, I said, is it common? He said, well, he said, he said I've, I've heard of it before. Because I did think originally of getting the vacuum cleaner out and going just to sort of suck out this little bit of biscuit at the bottom. But at least it's all working and it saved me £213 and I feel a much better person for it. I feel more kindly disposed. Uh, I wonder what Prince Charles made of uh, Nicholas Witchell's report on the new baby. He loves Nicholas, says, I know. Do you remember that thing where Charles, I can't stand that man. Unfortunately, of course, the uh, microphones are so sensitive now that you can pick anything up. They're entitled not to like people. That's how it works in this in this day and age. And uh, nice wet morning here, says Neil. Fed the ducks on the lawn whilst listening to Fern Britain. She is lovely. We quite often see her and hubby Phil the chef when we're down in Cornwall. I got up early because he, he's a fisherman. He likes going out fishing. And if you're a fisherman... Actually, my, my brother's got a bit of a... We saw a thing the other day. His uh, apartment overlooks some garages. And on the roof of this of these garages was a cat... And the cat was stalking a magpie. And the magpie was sitting there goading the cat. Now, I'm assuming it might have had a nest and it was trying to draw the cat away. Well, I mean, we sat there for about 10 minutes watching this cat getting closer and then and then realising if it sort of made a run, it would fall off the end of the roof. So it didn't do that one. But it was literally, it goes into attack mode. It crouches very low to the ground and the magpie was there sort of practically dancing rings around it. And it did try on a couple of occasions to get it. And uh, because my brother has now rented somewhere to clear the garage out because he's had mice. So yesterday he bought traps for the mice in the garage because they they ate a whole piece of furniture. I know it seems ridiculous, but uh, once you get mice in there, he had nests in uh, the books and everything else. We'd stored lots of books and stuff like that. And uh, they're practically eating their way through the bricks at the moment. So he's put out um, he's put out all these traps with Nutella on there because apparently they like so their last memory of this life is going to be eating chocolate nutella and then <laughs> gone as the 
as the trap flips down on them. We used to have, when we lived in Hong Kong, we used to have the rat man come round, because we had rats. They were, they were everywhere in Hong Kong, in rats. And he would put down these, I remember distinctly, cages. And the cage was baited at the back, so when, it, when the rat bit the cheese or whatever it was on there, the front door came down, so the rat was alive. And he would come round, and as kids we used to stand and watch. I don't know why, it seems quite macabre now to do it. And you'd see these huge rats in these cages with their long tails. And he would turn the cage up on edge, and then he would open the top of the door a little bit, and the rat would start climbing out until its head got to the top, and then he'd close the door. So it effectively decapitated it and broke its neck. Hope you're enjoying your breakfast this morning. <laughs> That's how they do it in other countries. Anyway, so uh, so going back to poor O'Neill, who was going fishing this morning, he said it's pouring down. I might give it a miss. I came past um, a school where the first of every month, or the first week of every month, they have a, a car boot sale. This is the first time today I've seen the men in their in their flak jackets with their high-vis things on, and no cars. Not one car was there. I is it still raining outside now? Is it still tipping down or not? No, it's cleared up now, is it? Oh, we might actually get some decent weather today. You might better go fishing later, Neil. Be a nice thing, wouldn't it? Which would be good. And uh, Aura says, are you presenting tomorrow? I am. Of course, listen, find me here every day of the week. I'm, I'm nothing if not reliable. Uh, there's another story in the, uh, in the paper today. It's about poor old Daniel Radcliffe. He cannot stop his favourite vice. His favourite vice is, don't, don't throw yourself out. Please don't throw yourself out the window. It's not worth it, honestly. Life can't be that bad. I'll give you the money. I'll give you the money. It's not raining, is it? Oh, good, it's dry. There you go. You can go out today, ladies and gentlemen. Um, what was I saying? Oh, yes, the, um, <laughs> there was another story in the paper today about um, the libel detective in the Maddie case. And I said I didn't think he'd have £370,000 to hand out to them. So what they've done is they've seized his uh, retirement property. Well, I don't think it's going to be worth that. He says, um, he says, people bang on my gate and someone broke in once. I don't feel safe. And there's graffiti and everything else. And uh, on a stop sign, it's got Stop McCann Circus. It's, it's ridiculous, honestly. The whole thing is just getting out of hand, isn't it, really? Uh, there's also uh, Camilla Tomonet. She was on LBC the other day. She's talking about Robert Downey Jr., which everybody is. She's also talking about Poppy Smart. And she basically says, you know, man up. Man up, Poppy. You know, you've had your bit of publicity. All we need is a picture of you draped over one of those uh, Hollister models, and that will just about seal your fate. But the Robert Downey Jr., she's, she's got it wrong, I think, and I'll tell you why after this. Steve Allen on LBC. 27 minutes to 8. It's Sunday morning. So uh, the other day we had Robert Downey Jr., Camilla Tomine watched the interview, which was done with Krishnan Gurumurthy. And uh, Krishnan started asking about his uh, time in prison and being a drug addict, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And he got up and walked out. And then later on, he made some comments about Krishnan Gurumurthy. And Camilla says, you know, um, I'm sure in Downey Jr.'s ideal world, he would have been asked questions like, how exactly does the sun shine out of your bottom and all that kind of stuff. But of course, what Camilla misses is that Robert Downey Jr. was there to promote a children's film. You know, if you're there to promote a children's film, Camilla, as you well know, I'm assuming, you know, you're not going to be asked questions like this. He could have been different. He could have sort of said, you know, um, I'm, I'm sorry, but, you know, I don't think that really ties in with the film that we're talking about. Normally they issue instructions before if it's somebody who's going to be a little bit precious. So uh, she says, you know, he was wrong. 
Well, if you're promoting a children's film, you don't want to talk about things like that because it's aimed for children. You know, he could have done another interview. We know he's talked about time in prison before, but I should imagine it gets a teeny bit boring after a while when people drone on about the same thing. Although, Anne Widdicombe's got a fan in Little Alan. Little Alan's a fan of Anne Widdicombe. And he says, I can't believe that you described her as uh, a small, fat person with bad teeth. So from now on, I'm going to have to describe Anne Widdicombe as tall, willowy blonde, with a gorgeous figure, not remotely overweight at all, with perfect teeth. And then, having criticised me for criticising Alan, he's got a website or something, it's simply Burgundy, so I'm assuming he drinks, he then sort of starts insulting me, as if that kind of justified it. Absolutely hilarious. He says, do you live in an ivory tower? Certainly do. Certainly do. And uh, he says, I had to get up and write this. Oh, bless your heart for writing. And using bad language as well, Alan. It's very sweet of you. No, do do please pass it on to Anne Whittacombe. If you seriously don't believe she's a little short fat person with bad teeth, then you seriously must be blind. You need to look at it. Read the TV critics for today. That'll infuriate you as well. <laughs> Love it with people like you. Uh, we were in uh, Luce over Easter and weren't surprised to see this. There is animosity there, says Patsy, against the McCanns. Easy to see why. Very quiet. Then they get all this publicity. Well, it's it's gone on relentlessly, hasn't it? And I also believe that they're trying to put it behind them. We don't seem to be going any further. We're certainly not getting any nearer finding Madeleine McCann or even having the faintest idea of what went on. We have no idea at all. No idea. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. What kind of fool, says Tom, is your texter? It's a line of succession, not a game of leapfrog. If Charles passes before the Queen, Andrew stays below William, George and uh, and the other one. Yes, I agree. Oh, you always get people there. That would be sad. There's a lot of people drinking at this time of the morning. And uh, Ken says, Harry comes way before uh, Andrew. Oh, there's no chance of Andrew ever getting anywhere near the throne or any of his uh, his children. 84850... Little Julie says, your brother didn't need to buy traps. He could have had a loan of my three cats. Experts in catching mice. Yes, once you've got um, once you've got an infestation of mice, you've got to kind of sort it out. I love the way he was actually buying Nutella, specifically because he discovered that mice like Nutella. Uh, Sean says, people will tune in expecting Philip Glenister to act like that character from Life on Mars. They'll be disappointed when he doesn't, and the programme will just be boring. The inclusion of the BBC quota female will also accelerate the axing of the programme. I mean, I don't think that you can replace a team who work perfectly together, much as I love Philip, Philip Glenister, and I think the other two are more than competent. Can they work together? Who knows? I'm quite sure that's why Jodie Kidd was seen... The, she just divorced, incidentally, in 45 seconds. But I think that's why she was having a chat with Jeremy Clarkson, saying this is what they've actually proposed. That's why I think they were out the other day. Uh, little Julie's also booked for the Doctor Who Symphony Spectacular at Wembley Arena. All the music from the series, plus appearances from uh, some of the monsters, hosted by Peter Davidson. Lives around my way, actually. Now I've discovered as well that I've got Catherine Jenkins. It's just nonsense. We've also got... Um, Bubbles from Ab Fab, Jane Horrocks. She lives around my way. She's very close to me as well. Uh, Ian says, following a tip on a computer website, I vacuum the keyboard, USB slots and power slots on the laptop and mobile every time I do the carpets. Low power setting and use the nooks and cranny attachment. I've got an attachment. Funny you should mention it, because I've only just remembered that somewhere I've got an attachment that goes on to the vacuum cleaner. She's got a little tiny, little tiny thing, so you can do... Things And I've also got something else, which is compressed air in a can, which you, you buy four of them. And it's purely for cleaning keyboards, because all these keyboards here and this uh, mixing desk, they're all 
they get dust. I don't know how, where the dust comes from. I really, I seriously, I don't, perhaps it's falling out of the ceiling. I don't know. But it's all, it's all in here. So every so often you get this compressed air and you go, and just spread the dust all over the place. But I've, I've, I've got one of those. And like it. And like it. Uh, in the theatre again today, Friday the 13th. Hope it's lucky. Love to Junior, says, uh, says Jackie. Everybody's, everybody's in such a good mood today, which I quite like, actually. I like the idea when people are in good moods. I quite like it when you're in bad moods as well, because that, that, uh, that really does amuse me. You seem to be quite interested in the royal baby. You don't seem remotely interested in the grandmother who's facing the firing squad. You're not, you couldn't care less about her at all. And, uh, and most of you... Talking about the diets. Ray says most diets do work. The problem is most people can't stick to them. Oh, they're always... It's just, it's just a picture of a, of a model who they're trying to convince you has taken this stuff that they're advertising. It's a diet food. That's what it is. Do you want the perfect beach body? Take this stuff and you'll end up with that body. You won't. I'm here to tell you, you will not. You know, to take this sort of stuff, this protein. You've then got to do workouts and exercise... You just can't do it. You just cannot do it. You seriously think if I sat here and just sort of shoveled protein powder down me, I'd end up... Oh, I don't, don't want to be 32B. I really don't. I see myself as slightly bigger than that. But it's, you know, the weight isn't going to go like that. It just, it just doesn't. Uh, Steve, the baby looks a bit old for a newborn. Actually, well, I, don't, I don't know what baby... It was quite a big baby, wasn't it? Eight pounds something. Is that quite big? Seven pounds something? I don't know. Whatever it was, I, I thought it seemed fairly big. Wait a minute. See, we go... Medium, medium-sized baby, medium-sized baby. As opposed to you get small, medium, large, extra large. Nine, nine, nine pounds is huge, and this one was what seven, seven. So medium baby. That's just what it said on the packet. What do you want? A medium baby, small baby. Have you noticed though? They're all healthy or extra small. You could have a really tiny one. Then you can get two, two in the same thing. But I wonder if they're using all old stuff, all the stuff they had for George. So like the carry cotton. Do you think that was all his? Do you think they're quite frugal, or do you think they've got? Because people will send them stuff. People will be sending them loads and loads of items, which I always love. I like that idea that people send things to them. And she, uh, she had a shawl. Made, oh, right, shawl made by the same company. That's a freebie then, isn't it? I hope they're declaring that on their tax form. Actually, they were going to use something else, but wasn't it falling apart? Hasn't Queen Victoria got a baby shawl, a baby thing that they put it in for the photos? But they're having to get another one because this one was too fragile. And it's... Is it like a christening robe kind of thing? I never had a christening robe, I don't think. They just sort of threw me in the font and that was it. Swing, swim or sink, my mother said at the time. I remember distinctly. Uh, Chris Evans, the Top Gear, says Tony. You see, I, mean, I, I don't know. I, I just think they should put the old team back on there and just go, listen, nobody got hurt. Nobody cares about it. The producer's not holding his hands up, screaming like a band. He's been really good about it. Has he gone to the papers and sold a story? No. He's been very discreet. I mean, I think that's the way forward. I think that's definitely the way forward. <laughs> Mark says, to clean the keyboard, turn it upside down and whack a few times on the underneath. Yeah, no, I prefer to use the pss, much better, I think. Much better. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Um, Steve, one here. This is from, uh, from James. He says, uh, can it really be a year since I sent you the last... And with exactly the same weather. So if I send you the same message again, no need for you to wear your sunglasses today. Oh, I shall be wearing them because it's stopped raining now. We might actually, might actually have some decent weather for the remainder of the bank holiday. I mean, I don't mind it being wet this morning. That doesn't bother me in the slightest. But I quite like the idea. Tiff Needle. Tiff Needle. Uh, Dominic says, I had a problem with my phone a year ago. Took it to car phone warehouse. They cleaned it inside and got it working again. Manx is the Isle of Man. Oh, right. 
Uh, the Apple Store deal with their own products by its own specialist staff. Uh, it is possible that car firm warehouse has become a bit thinly stretched since joining with Curry's PC World. And is AOL not in business? Have AOL been taken over by somebody? Are AOL owned by TalkTalk or something now? I got a thing the other day. Now you've changed your account to TalkTalk. I wasn't aware I'd changed anything at all. I thought I was still with AOL. And they said they were going to write. Sorry? Very what? (laughs) There is on communications. Is that what AOL is? Is it really? Oh, this is taken over. There is on. Wait a minute. I saved a bit of paper because I remember thinking, I need to check with a friend of mine. You know when you get these bits of paper in the post? Here we go. I've saved it. I'm so good. Wait a minute. Turn to the payment. It doesn't say that. It says payment to your... Yeah, it doesn't say anything at all like that. It just says, from the 13th of May, Talk Talk Telecom Limited will replace Talk Talk Telecom Limited T-A AOL account as the payment name. How bizarre. You don't think it's one of these sort of fake things, is it? And I've got an account number. I was As part of moving your AOL broadband account to TalkTalk. Talk. wasn't aware I had moved my account to TalkTalk. Talk. Although I got something the other day from the Halifax, you know, on my mortgage, which is rapidly reducing. And so I hung on to it. I, I said to my brother, I said, I said, what's this thing from the Halifax? Because I overpay my mortgage. So they want this amount and I, I pay double to get it cleared as quick as possible. And uh, he said, oh, they've sent them out to everybody. Everybody who's on a a repayment, I think, or interest, or whatever it is. They, they sort of send them out to people, basically saying, can you afford your mortgage? Of course, the answer is yes. Uh, £8 is average size for a newborn. My daughter was £10, 6 ounces, says Helga. Good Lord. That sounds enormous. That's like giving birth to a, to a fridge freezer or a sofa at the very minimum. Good God in heaven, woman. Surprised you could walk afterwards. £10, that's it. That sounds big to me. Although round here, we're actually saying that seven is, is medium. Which is good. Apparently, the dust on my keyboard, according to Roberto, is uh, dead skin. Lovely. Love things like that. <laughs> uh, another one here, says Steve. Another princess. Another open-ended security bill. Well, not at the moment. I don't think she's... She's not going to be going out shopping by herself, is she, at the moment? I think she's going to be, be fairly good. But there's lots of pictures. I mean, you know, Catherine takes a nice picture. And they've got a 20-page royal baby souvenir. Wills, who looks exactly the same. He's got his jeans on and his is sort of jumper. The baby slept all the way through. You'd think with all the noise of, you know, coming out and people clapping and cheering and whooping and doing all the rest. George looks quite cute though, doesn't he? He seems to have a matching outfit and he, you know, just, just wave. He looks a little bit similar to, uh, to Daddy. And then, um, you know, nice, nice. But of course, they've also tried to put in the Beckhams. So while the royal family have this huge, huge celebration... And uh, then you look at the Beckhams sitting at a table in somebody's back garden by the look of it. He said, I couldn't be happier. Oh, David Beckham's tweeted about it as well. So she sits there and says, Dave, what? Have you tweeted about the baby? No. Do it now. Do it now, Dave. OK, do it. Let me know when you've done it. Oh, picture of Prince Andrew smiling. What does he do for a living? And uh, Harry, who's having a bit of fun. He's just given up now, hasn't he? He's just given up, poor old Harry. He now gets further and further down the line and it's going to be Princess Margaret. She ended up loving the high life. And uh, and just sort of, you know, drank and partied and did all the usual stuff. And that's what Harry will end up doing, because it's now all focused on the name of the new baby. I think Diana's got to be in there somewhere. Could be wrong, but I just think it is. 14 to... He's here in 10 minutes. I bet you talks about baby. He'll be, he'll be talking about baby. He'll be talking about the fight. He'll be talking... I wonder if he'll talk about the the British grandmother. Uh, this is, she's done an interview with one of the papers. She says, I won't wear a blindfold. I'll look them in the eye and be singing magic moments when they shoot me. 
I don't think you will be, but, I mean, it doesn't really matter. The only chance of avoiding execution is to file for what's known as a PK hearing. And uh, this is effectively a full retrial. But the British government said they're not going to fund it. And they've already said that at all. I mean, why you'd want to help a convicted drug smuggler, I can't imagine. I don't want to waste money. And uh, the Foreign Secretary, Philip Hammond, refused. Then her sister has raised money to lodge papers for the PK hearing. They're in a race against time before I'm executed. The Australian government funded Andrew's legal case. A lot of countries you wouldn't expect fund cases for their nationals. But uh, it didn't make any difference. He was still shot. And, in fact, eight other people... And so uh, she had a legal job and then she got into the drug smuggling business. And so she'll be facing execution. I mean, to be honest with you, nobody, nobody, even on, on Petri's programme, I didn't hear anybody unless I missed the beginning of the conversation, seemed to have any sympathy for her whatsoever. Really amazing. Um, 84850, uk. The Bluebell is leading the poll of top wildflowers. Somebody the other day, and I'd... I'd seen people or heard of people doing it before they, they put flowers little seeds in bundles of earth wrap them in little muslin bags and throw them out of car windows so that the next year they they germinate and you get banks of flowers down the motorway it's a lovely thing to do i mean really 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 nice and so they're still doing it which is great news uh rachel johnson giving advice to uh, to poppy it may be a sign of age, she says, but I don't mind if a builder shouts, smile, darling, it may never happen. Not that I've heard it a lot recently. She says, I blame it entirely on the fact that all builders in my part of London are now poles. If, on the other hand, the cat calling came daily and from the same sleaze bag as happened to Poppy Smart, Poppy Smart, uh, who went to Worcester Police after persistent wolf whistling from one Ian Merritt... I'd call it a classic case of everyday sexism and stamp it out. I would go to Mr Ian totally without merit and explain how it harassed and upset me. Nothing more frightening for a weak man than a strong woman telling me how she feels. But she didn't do that, did she? That was the trouble. She should have done it. should have gone up there and kneed him in the small spherical objects and gone, do that again the next time I'll kick your head in. You know, just to wait and see what would happen, you know. As opposed to going to the police, so nothing's going to happen at all. Uh, what's this? What is this? This is... Uh... Oh, I'm not really sure I want to see that, actually. Uh, people smugglers. Brazen adverts. Brazen adverts. A ruthless people smuggler linked to a gang responsible for hundreds of refugees drowning in the Mediterranean is using Facebook to advertise places on the perilous sea voyages. Dreadful. And what a shower. Stars do their bit for drought-ravaged Hollywood by not washing the hair or flushing the loo. I remember when we had that in this country. They said, you know, don't flush your loo as often as, as possible. Put a brick in there, so it means you use less water. Because it's they used to they got into trouble at Starbucks because they have a tap running all the time to wash the spoons in. And somebody said, "Turn it off, turn it off," and and we do the same, don't we? I mean, I've even got quite good at it by turning the tap down a bit because when you when you clean your teeth, you leave the cold tap running as opposed to just putting the tap on, turning it off, putting the toothbrush on your tooth, putting the toothpaste on the toothbrush, and then doing it, and then turning the tap on again. We leave it running, so we're dreadfully wasteful. Dreadfully, dreadfully wasteful. But I remember distinctly, in Starbucks, they said, no, 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 turn these taps off. It was a horrible waste of water. Still like coffee. I still like coffee. I still drink my probably far too much coffee, but uh, keeps me going. I tend to find it's a little boost in the morning. I do like it. Uh, Martin says, does Rick Parfit from Status Quo live near you? He does. He lives literally just down the road. Of course, round round my neck of the woods, we are absolutely chock-a-block with celebrities. Chock-a-block. You can't move for celebrities. It was good. And uh, Gordon says, I was with Virgin Broadband. Recently, they changed my account to TalkTalk, because Virgin, I think, now only do the fibre broadband. It's all very complicated. I shall ask a friend of mine who knows about these things. 
And um, how about for the new royal baby's name, Mildred, says Brian. Then it could be George and Mildred. Yeah, some, I, don't, I don't somehow think they're going to take you up on that offer. It's very sweet of you to make a contribution. Um, I think Diana's going to be in there somewhere. I mean, what sort of, I don't know, what sort of names are they thinking of? Mary or something? George. You've got to think of George and. and it's, it's got to kind of go along with it, hasn't it? And uh, I walked out of St. Mary's, Roehampton, said Patsy, with my baby Max on the same day. And he was nine pounds. With a second baby, it's easily done, especially if you have the care she'll be having at home. It's still raining in Walton. I don't think it's T-shirt weather, really, Stig. I mean, it's nice of you to sort of make some sort of effort to dress up for it. But, I mean, this is radio, you know. I mean, for goodness sake, at least, you know, it's a little bit sloppy. Well, that's quite an old T-shirt, but obviously an old favourite, I can imagine. It's obviously seen better days. I'm being caring, you know, like to be caring this morning. The baby looks like the Queen in grumpy mode. I think the baby looks... Actually, funny you should say that. I'm looking at the picture on the Express. It still looks like it, you know. Charlotte Elizabeth Diana, says Patsy. She says, P.S., we've got more celebs than you in Walton-on-Thames. Well, I'm not, listen, I'm not going to go into a battle over who's actually got the most, the most celebrities. AOL was taken over by Carphone Warehouse some years ago. Being that TalkTalk Talk is also part of Carphone Warehouse, they're changing all AOL contracts to TalkTalk, Talk, but you can still keep your AOL email address, says Clive. So complicated, isn't it? Why do we know these things? We don't know anything that's going on, do we? Out, outside of, you know... The sort of things that I see every... I hate things changing. Uh, who's looking at the papers this morning for Stig? Uh, Susanna Lipscomb, historian, broadcaster and academic. So they're talking about the uh, the campaign this morning, the front pages. It'll be baby pictures. Uh, then they'll do a political roundup. Do you know that Nepal appeal has raised over £33 million so far? £33 million in a matter of days. Aren't we good? Aren't we good? He is going to be talking about Bali, the uh, British grandmother who's facing the firing squad. Uh, after Indonesia have now said the next batch of executions will be in secret. No advance warning. Before, they announced and they told them they were going to be executed. So they were given warning. This time, they're not, uh, they're not saying anything at all. They've obviously discovered that they've got uh, a lot of bad publicity through it, even though, you know, drug smuggling brings evil and misery and death to many, many people. Uh, Arthur Edwards, the son's veteran royal photographer, we'll be talking about the royal baby, because there are more pictures than you can shake a stick at in the papers today. Good pictures. Really nice, nice pictures. Really good pictures. And they've all got pull-out supplements and, uh, you know, all sorts of things like that, which you, you can save if you love those things. I love the Lindo wing back in the day. Lovely. And uh, Alice Elizabeth Diane, says Pat. Hmm... Mick says, Anne Whittacombe's teeth like a row of bombed houses. Yes, I think so. I think, and also, Anne, Anne Whittacombe, the tall, willowy, slim as anything Anne Whittacombe, is bearing no, no resemblance at all to the short, fat little woman who's boring on television. Just about it for this morning. I'll be back with you tomorrow. Have a very, very nice day. At 10 o'clock, it's Beverly Turner. Next up, uh, Stig will be talking about the, uh, about the royal baby. And if you missed any of today's show, go to the LBC website. If you go to lbc.co.uk, there's an app on there. It's the LBC podcast app, and it's available on iPhone. On iPhone, sorry, and now the uh, and now the uh, the Android phones as well. So you can download this program. They'll be putting it together, even as I speak, with no adverts, no travel, no uh, no news. 
just me being very kind about people and being very loving and giving. Hope you have a lovely, lovely day. I think the weather might, looking out the window, looking out into Leicester Square, it might be good. Certainly by uh, tomorrow it should be an awful lot better, but I am here tomorrow between four, I think I'm doing four till seven. I'm pretty, I might, I'm, I think I am. Although, is there a news programme tomorrow with Lisa Aziz? I somewhere in the back of my mind, somebody said, I think there's a news programme and I can't remember now. Either way, we'll be here tomorrow morning, OK? Have a lovely, lovely day. So do join Beverly at ten. But next, my favourite royal baby, Stig Abel.